Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Tech Bros podcast. And you don't know this, but this happened before, but it's now being rebooted, uh, bigger, longer, uncut, better than ever before. But this is probably your first episode, and it's our first episode, in which case, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name is Raj, and with me today is Egerton. Hello. Hello. How's it going? Yeah, it's going all good. Feels a bit weird to be on lockdown right now, but yeah, it isn't so bad. As it is for everyone. I guess I guess this is probably helps just for the context of people who are listening to this in the year 2040. Because, <laughs> you know, stuff exists on the internet for a long time. Today, it's 23rd of May, 2020, at the time of recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually weird. I've never said 2020 before. Usually it's 2020, isn't it? 2020. Yeah. Um, it's 2020, and we've been in the great... Uh, lockdown of 2020 for about three months now in the UK. So mm-hmm. we're all a bit crazy. And it's around about this time that everyone thinks, hey, let's start a podcast. Because <laughs> 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 we've got nothing better to do. Exactly. So, I mean, like, let's say, let's assume that people are listening to this in 2040. Tell them about the experience because they may be like young people who haven't actually experienced it and don't actually know what we're going through right now. What's been happening, Egerton? Far too much. <laughs> Where do I even start? <laughs> oh, and the thing is, I've not even been to work for two months as well. I've been, well, I'm part of the furlough crew. So, yeah, just been chilling, working on a few projects. Yeah. What yeah, about you? Yeah, we've been stuck inside for about three months now. I've been working uh, remotely. So usually I work uh, not in London, but I've been in London. So trying to get most of the work done remotely. And obviously it's very difficult because we can't go out. And maybe we can just see a slight um, glimmer of hope in that we can go out maybe a little bit more now. We can exercise as much as we want as of now, which is great. Um, But uh, yeah, it's obviously very strange. And we're actually going to be talking about that because this is a technology podcast and we're going to be talking about how technology is being used in this sort of current age that we find ourselves in. Because can you imagine if this had happened maybe 15 years ago or something, like when Mm -hmm. we didn't have all of the stuff we've got today and how do you think that people would have struggled a lot more, you think? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And especially with the technology that we have now, Honestly, I know for certain I've taken a lot for granted, so <laughs> I wouldn't have been able to survive this if it was 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And especially given that 15 years ago we did not have Zoom, which we are using right now. Mm-hmm. Not like a, this is not a paid endorsement or anything, but if they want to pay us, that'd be, that'd be nice. Yes, we need the money. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of it's funny because no one's... No one had ever, well, I hadn't actually heard of the service even before lockdown. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know about you. No, I didn't. So right now we're using Zoom to record this mm-hmm. and it's been used in a lot of meetings so getting a lot of work done. And it's even been used by the government in order to uh, 
have received questions from journalists in the middle of their sort of daily press conferences while we've been trying to negotiate this uh, lockdown pandemic sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And during one of the press conferences, uh, Zoom basically crashed. Um, <laughs> it's had a number of problems over the past few months due to the increased demand. A lot of problems. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it that you, uh, that you found about, about what happened during the press conference? Well, from, um, from what I understand, that uh, it actually crashed on the 17th of May at um, 9 a.m., which is summertime. Woohoo! And um, what happened was that journalists could not send questions in. Mm-hmm. So basically, no one could ask the government any questions about uh, what was going on with lockdown. And it, um, it had to take somebody to basically receive the questions and then read them out rather than getting journalists asking the government personally uh, what is going on with lockdown yeah yeah and i think what it does is it kind of speaks to the idea that um you know a lot of the the way that the world is now relies on these sorts of services it relies on something like zoom in order to still get work done and in this case actually holding the the government accountable because now we don't really have a mechanism for doing that because you can't have people in the same place. Exactly. And uh, I don't know what your experience has been with Zoom, but I've had some pretty bad experiences. <laughs> well, it's only my second time using Zoom, but I have heard from people that they haven't had good experiences with Zoom. Um, they've had locked rooms and all of a sudden someone just enters. Mm-hmm which is very scary, especially if you've got like password, uh, password protected rooms and someone still manages to get in. It's like locking your house and somebody still enters your house. Yeah, which, which I mean, if you think about it in the sense of uh, real life in terms mm. of doors and stuff like that, it can still happen that people can still get through locked doors. And I guess it's the same for, um, you know, uh, technological locked doors as well, as it were. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I did have an experience myself where we were having the thing and someone managed to make their way in to our room and they shared their screen. And I'm not going to say what was on it. I'm just going to say it was bad. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this, is a, this is a family show, I guess. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but it was really bad. <laughs> so bad. So, so bad. And the thing is, the only reason that everyone's using Zoom is because um, Skype kind of dropped the ball. Yeah, like, I haven't heard anybody talk about Skype for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, pre, pre-lockdown, probably, they were mainly using Skype, I think. Mm. But these days now, it's, you know, everyone's sort of moved to Zoom and Microsoft Teams, which I haven't had experience with, although I keep seeing the adverts for it. I use Teams. <laughs> I use Teams. Teams is actually pretty cool, actually. I must admit. Oh, you like it? Oh, I love Teams. So, what, what's uh, what's unique about it? Um, I would say that you can have different teams integrate with each other. So, you could have all your separate teams on the system, and you could have the different teams kind of have conferences with each other share documents it's amazing it's <laughs> doesn't amazing. That, 
that's that kind of sounds similar to something like Zoom, right? Yeah, but hmm, Zoom is more. I don't know. So I was watching. I was watching an advert that Microsoft were doing, and they and they were talking about someone on the TV was like, "Oh, you can share your screen and show other people in the call this thing." And I'm like, "Yeah, like every other video sh- video application, right? Yeah, you can share your screen. Big whoop." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and even you have stuff like uh, what do you call it now? House party. Oh yeah, house party. Yes, yeah, so house party, which is <laughs> which also another these. problem. Yes, which is also a problem. Yeah, what's your experience with house party then? Uh, all I'm gonna say is lock your room. Yeah, lock your room. Lock your room. There's a setting on house party that when you log into house party, your room is automatically locked. Because if you don't lock your room, even people that you don't know will just enter. (laughs) Wait, how do they? How do they find your room though? Because it's not like with um, Zoom where there's a link to join the meeting. How do they, how do they find your room on House Party? I don't even know. But one thing I've noticed with House Party is that, you know, it comes up with friends of friends. Mm-hmm. And you can just add them. It's not like you both of you have to add each other. Oh. I, I think, so, um, if I'm not mistaken, that one of my friends just added somebody. They popped up, just entered the house. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, let's enter their house. Or if you're having a private conversation with somebody and one of your friends just enters the house, how do you know we're not talking about you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's not, maybe it's not quite as bad as just some stranger who decided to add a friend so they could be a friend of a friend just so yeah. they could join the room. Mm. That's probably worse. Yes. <laughs> so basically, the moral of the story is be careful with the application that you're using that's password yep. protect your room slash lock your rooms basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. exactly and i guess we've just in terms of these uh technical uh issues like if these services go down during conferences and stuff like that they show that uh there's definitely a vulnerability there mm-hmm. and that we just need to be need to be mindful of it mm. and i guess that, i mean imagine if we just had skype and we were just all relying on skype now we don't want to be in a situation where we're all just relying on Zoom. Kind of want to not put your eggs in one basket. That is true. That is true. Uh, yeah. So what else have people been doing in lockdown, Egerton? <laughs> <laughs> we're, ba- we're basically summarizing. This is like a time capsule. We're summari- summarizing the technology that has shaped lockdown. So one of them has been sort of Zoom and stuff. What's another one been? Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> Which I still don't understand. I'll uh, I'll explain. It's it's quite something. <laughs> so, uh, basically, when we were coming up with uh, ideas for the episode, we were trying to think about how technology is being used in in lockdown. Um, and one of the first things that came to my mind was Animal Crossing, because the amount of people who have uh, flocked towards this has been pretty crazy to the mm-hmm. point where. Nintendo Switches are now pretty much out of stock everywhere. That is true. Buy it. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's a game where you... It's, I'd never played an Animal Crossing game before this. Basically, you have like a house and you take out a mortgage on the house, basically, and you have to 
do like gardening and stuff and crafting and you go around catching bugs and donating it to a museum and you just sort of I don't know play in a nice little island you can visit each other's islands and it's all very uh calm and peaceful and, and uh you know you just sort of do handiwork in a way that is probably more fun than doing handiwork in real life mm. like you, you decide oh I'm gonna pick up a bunch of weeds but then in real life you're not like itching to pick up weeds <laughs> wow hmm Sounds very interesting. Sounds very interesting. And the thing is, is that a lot of people have kind of, it's become this sort of pop culture phenomenon. Like people have just started talking about whether it's a sort of indictment on capitalism or we're talking about whether, you know, like, you know, Peter had a, a protest against the museum because apparently, because you can donate bugs and fish and stuff to the museum. Mm-hmm. They're saying that it was cru- cruelty to animals. And so they wanted to, have a protest in the game to tear down the museum. <laughs> wow. Which, they, which you can't, by the way, but that's what they were saying. They should make sure they don't get, what's it called? Peta involved. That's it. Peta. Yeah, that's, that's what I meant. Peta. Oh, Peta. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's pronounced Peta or Peter. Peter, Peta. Peta. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Peter tomato. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, yeah, I have noticed that there's a lot of people on this Animal Crossing. And I always think that, what is the fuss about Animal Crossing? <laughs> I ask myself that very question, and then you get into it, and it's just like, you know, you, ba- you basically just do, like, handiwork, and you do, like, your own gardening. And you kind of choose what it is you want to do, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. And you have your own little island, like, it's your island, and it's only your, your character, and then two other sort of neighbors that you have on the island. Mm-hmm. And then there's like Tom Nook, who's like your landlord. And he's the guy who demands mortgage payments. <laughs> but it's not, but it's never like you're in a rush to pay it back mm-hmm. and sort of pay back your mortgage just by doing nice things, basically. Mm-hmm. Which is why some people have been taking it very seriously as like this, uh, you know, this yeah. economic utopia where, mm-hmm. you know, you're not under the boot of, of labor and stuff and that you can just be nice to each other and help each other out to pay yeah. back mortgages and stuff. Mm-hmm. But then again, it is just like a game as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people take it far too seriously. Wow. <laughs> I did hear as well that there's something uh, um, called, uh, what's it called? Nook Miles. Yes. So you get current, yeah. So you get current, you get currency for basically doing tasks. Yeah, you get currency for just uh, you know doing stuff like fishing and catching bugs and even just talking to your neighbors. That mm. gives you miles as well. Like you know, oh. just talk, just talk to your neighbors. It's, it's just easy as that. Wow, if, it, if early air miles was easy as that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually did have a uh, quite a nice experience where I invited someone to my island and we went round the uh, museum together. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, you know, it's the closest that you'll get to going around a museum at the moment. Yes. And we were like walking around different things, like all, of, all the bugs and things that you've caught in your island, they mm-hmm. get put on display. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just nice. And the museum is actually really cool. Like it's a very elaborate building and mm-hmm. it's got a lot of like nice enclosures in it. Ah, sounds amazing. Also, did you hear the uh, the thing about 
this couple that uh, had a wedding in Animal Crossing. <laughs> I did, and I was just like, <sighs> <laughs> that's that's on my list of just weird weddings. Like I've heard weddings in Animal Crossing, I've heard weddings in McDonald's, and weddings in KFC. Animal Crossing just <laughs> tops that list right now. <laughs> I think there, there must have been one in um, World of Warcraft as well, I think. Oh, yeah, or probably, my, uh, or probably Minecraft or something like that. Oh, yeah, they're probably done in Minecraft. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Oh. Although, just for context, their thing was that they aren't doing it this summer and that they're hoping to do it in November. And so yeah. they had, like, on the day of the actual uh, ceremony, they were doing one in Animal Crossing, just so that... And they, they said they had, like, their family and friends attend as well, which is kind of cute. And this this is what the world has become now. The people in the future. This is this is the world we're in. Yeah, it is true. Speaking of uh, of Minecraft, just to kind of uh, dovetail off of that, there was a graduation ceremony for UC Berkeley in California, yes. and they basically recreated the the sort of college football ground, I guess. Yeah. And, ceremony ground where they do like the graduation and then then they did their graduation in Minecraft because they can't all gather together at the moment (laughs) and um, the um, from what um, I read on that was that the developer of Minecraft was actually in attendance and the Twitch co-founder as well oh wow yeah it was actually like quite a, a big job actually building it like, I'm always amazed at the sort of things that people can build in, in Minecraft mm. and how much time it must take. God, that would, just, that would take me years. <laughs> or, or in the case of people with not, with like not, well, sorry, they, with people with a lot of time right now, mm-hmm. it probably takes them like a few hours. They... Mm. And what else did I actually see? Oh. And also they said that apparently uh, with Minecraft as well, that the usage was up by 40% in April. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And new players went up by 25%. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of interesting though that you you look on like websites like the BBC Mm -hmm. or something like that. And as kind of things have developed as they are now, Obviously, everyone's kind of thought about, you know, what can we do in, in lockdown now that we have all this time? Yeah. And then you see like an article like every week being like, hey, have you thought about trying video games? <laughs> <laughs> and then some of, some of us have been like, yeah, we, we already knew about that. Yeah. And, you know, for us, it's just like, oh, stay inside and just don't go out and just, you know, play all day. It's like I was born for this. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Now's your chance. Now's a chance. Uh, do, 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 do. I'm gonna Go on. To, I'm gonna have to cut this bit out. <laughs> no, leave it in. Leave it in. So no. Everyone knows. <laughs> this this is this is when I start checking down my list of a uh, list of topics, and then you, you your mind just goes blank. Um. Okay. I think, I think you should talk about your your thing. Talk about your thing. Okay. All right. Cool. We're going to move on to technology and aviation during coronavirus. Because um, for um, a lot of um, people know now that um, airports 
have had to bring in um, advanced technology to combat um, coronavirus and to ensure that uh, passengers that are going into the airport and going to aircraft are um, not spreading the virus and are safe. So with that, ah, there we go. Right. So um, using Hong Kong airport as an example, they've looked at um, doing like, what would we call it? Airbridge sanitization. So before you get onto the aircraft, you'll go into the, you'll go into this pod and basically it, this sanitizes you. So it reduces the risk of you spreading any coronavirus whilst you're on board. Um, furthermore, Heathrow, as of, I think it's been about a week or a week and a half to two weeks, where temperature checks are now being done. And I know that for that one, it's kind of a sticky situation because there's questions being asked as to why we didn't start doing temperature checks when we all knew about coronavirus months ago. But that's another topic. But um, yes, so what happens is that once you land, you go through temperature checks and that basically shows to um, health officials in immigration that, you know, are you showing symptoms of having coronavirus as well? And uh, UV sanitization as well. That's something that I really didn't know existed. Well, I guess if you think about it, it's, um, it's radiation. So it's probably, it probably does a very good job of actually getting rid of any of the, the germs that are on you. Mm. Yeah, because when I was showing it, and I was like, it, that you're just using a light and it just gets rid of all bacteria, viruses um, on the surface and all that kind of stuff. That's like, wow, why have we, why have we used that before? Why do we still rely? Or like, you know, the normal cleaning products when, you know, you could easily use that. Well, to be fair, for, for UV, do they have to, is it like a, a whole body booth that you have to go into? Or is it a, more of a, like a handheld device that you would use? Well, apparently it's a light on a stand. Oh, okay. That's pretty good. Yeah. And they use it, they use it on aircraft as well. So they just put the stand in the aircraft and it just goes around and it just flashes light. Hmm. That's quite impressive. Sounds like that is that is pretty impressive. Like I mean, the, I guess you could just like stand in the sun because the sun gives you some UV. <laughs> <laughs> that was a theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you or you just go and get go into like a tanning booth. Oh, I I don't think I'll go in one of those. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard stories. Well, I think, I think to be honest, and I, and you know, this is probably not going to help the people who don't know what we look like, but let's just say that I don't think it's really, we're not, we're the target demographic of it. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> let's just put it that way. Yeah. It won't, it won't work for us. <laughs> it won't work for us. This is true. <laughs> oh dear. And um, I'm just trying to think what else, because I um, do remember saying that there were 
trialing other stuff. Oh, that's it. So now a lot of things, because um, we are all about no contact, no touching anything, Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that used to be manual has to go to automated. So like even touching trays now, is a problem. So I know that there um some airports were thinking of getting machines that basically once the tray has been used, it gets sanitized mm-hmm. like within the actual machine that gives you the tray. So I think that um a few airports were kind of trialing that because I know for the states as well, it's a big problem where the trays are not automatic, they're manual. Yeah. Okay. So you are the one that's moving your tray. Once you're finished with your tray, the agent just takes the tray and sends it to the um, sends it back. So that's a big problem, and I think that's why um, airports are kind of looking into how to basically automate that um, process now. But I guess sort of on that, it's been it's been a little bit inconsistent as to whether uh, people on the flights have actually been using have been forced to wear masks and gloves at the same time because mm. maybe they don't really want to impose on people or maybe just some people are just so lax about it but then i would think that of all the places where you could have you know transmission of some kind an mm. aeroplane would be one of the most susceptible because it's just a bunch of people in this hot metal uh cage <laughs> and you're stuck mm. in the air for you know 10 hours or however long it is yeah and you know, everyone's kind of walking around each other. Mm-hmm. That is true. But just um, further on, more on um, being on the aircraft for 10 hours, um, and I've noticed this with a lot of airlines, they say that they use very, uh, they use filters to filter out, they filter out the air in the aircraft. So basically you're, you are breathing in clean air. Mm-hmm. So I think that's another thing that people were really worried about was that, you know, are you is the aircraft just recycling the air that's already in there yeah. or is it being filtered? So they are using very high tech filters, which does filter out the uh, filter out the air in the aircraft. But is that the stuff that's already uh, on the planes or have they had to install those especially? Apparently it's, it's already on there, but I don't I guess, think... I guess so. Yeah, I don't think we would really notice because we really wouldn't, you know, think about it. Now, but you know when you're about to, when you're nearly about to take off and you hear like the sort of hissing and there's some like smoke that comes on the sort of, at the top, you can see like the smoke. You've not seen this before. <laughs> I've, never, I've never had that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean like the plane was on fire. <laughs> I mean, what I mean is that you... You hear like this hissing and I think it's like the cabin depressurizing or something. And you see like smoke coming out of like the the top of the plane. Like if you look up at the sort of the ceiling. I've I don't know. I've, every time I fly. Wow. <laughs> I don't know. Like, are you just asleep as soon as you get in or something? <laughs> well, not really. And I don't like to boast as well. Um, people that listen to this podcast, especially my friends, we, um, well, for people that I don't know, I work in aviation, so I tend to sit up the front. <laughs> so you I get the front row seats. I get I I sit up the front, towards the front of the aircraft, not at the back. Um, but um, yeah, I just never I just never see that. 
probably because oh, I'm, okay. I'm not near the doors or anything like that. I don't know. That's strange. I always see it. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, people can let us know if they know what that what that smoke is and actually can testify the fact that I'm not going crazy when I say <laughs> I see smoke on a plane every time. Answer <laughs> on a postcard, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, do you sit at the front of, like, at the actual front of the plane or is it the front of economy class? Uh, well, I don't even do economy. <laughs> oh no, I'm humble. Um, I well, I tend to fly business, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I do have my days where I do fly economy. So yeah, but yeah, I I, I still haven't seen it. <laughs> mm. But these but these days we aren't flying at all. Yeah, we're 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 not flying at all or. Um, social distancing has to be imposed on boards, which I I do understand it from an airline's point of view that it is going to be difficult, especially with flights that are full. Like, especially your short haul flights, your ones going to Europe, where it is full majority of the time. Even to keep the middle seat empty isn't two isn't the two meter isn't mm. you know allowing for two meters anyway so in that case what do you then do i would think you would have to have like just someone in the middle seat and then someone on the the far left hand side and someone on the right far right hand side and that's it you would have three people per row basically and so one block of seats would have one person and then maybe that would be enough in terms of distance but you can do i think that's possible if it's a long-haul flight but short-haul you've only got three and three Mm, okay. So then you have to then have the person in the middle and then the other person in the other middle, which means you lose four seats. Yeah, but that's the thing. I think in, the, mm. in order to have distance, you would have to have yeah, one person per block of seats. I that's think. true. That's true. Then that, but then that doesn't really cover like, the, like if you're in front of someone who's like behind you in the seat behind you. Aha, that's it. Because then you don't have the two meters in front of you or behind you. Yeah, it's just a disaster. <laughs> oh, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> just on the um, just going back a sec to the uh, the temperature checking. What is it that mm. they're using in um, Heathrow? Um, so they are using. Oh, what do they say they were using? They had a name for it, but I know it's a camera. So I don't know if it's like a, some sort of a heat sensor camera. Oh, like sort of infrared. Yeah, like yeah. infrared. That was it. Um, like infrared cameras that once when you walk past, it checks the temperature. So you know if it's like reddish, orange, then you know it's kind of a cause for concern. Mm-hmm. So um, yes, they they were trialing that it, um, recently in terminal two. I think the trial is still ongoing at the moment, and. I think as well for going to other countries as well. Once countries start opening up, there will be rules on flying. So basically some countries may say to you that in order for you to land in our country, you would have had to undertake a temperature test. Mm -hmm. So I know for um, Terminal 5 at the moment that a certain flight is being um, used for temperature checks because that's the condition of you having to be able to enter that country. Mm-hmm. 
So that's probably going to be the future of travel for the time being, where you would have to go through a mandatory temperature check. Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be like this for quite a while, I think. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe, maybe the people in 2040 are like, yeah, of course. That's, just, that's life. What are you talking about? <laughs> we haven't questioned it at this stage. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Oh, it's all scary, but... It is what it is. It is what it is, and it's a good thing that we have the technology out there. Yeah, and speaking of having the technology, what if you, what if you have, wanted to buy something from the shops or something from a restaurant, but you can't, and you could instead have it delivered to your home? <laughs> <laughs> online shopping and on, uh, online booking of food. <laughs> So this has just been like the thing that, you know, obviously a lot of the infrastructure is in place well before mm. you know, lockdown, but obviously mm-hmm. now it's the primary way that you would be able to support a lot of shops and restaurants and stuff like that, because otherwise they're not be able to get any business because they can't open their doors yeah. at the moment. Um, so what was it that you, uh, you found out on this then? Well, as everybody would know, the demand has shot up so much for online shopping and um, delivery of foods. And when lockdown was initially um, announced, it was so easy to get slot, um, um, slots prior to that announcement. So you would do your shopping, you get slot for the following day. Once that announcement was made, it was that difficult to get a slot. You'll be waiting two weeks to get a shopping slot. To get food was basically impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, I could speak personally about that because I had to wait about over a week for a delivery slot. And for context, pretty much every single time that we talked, you would say, I'm waiting for like a Sainsbury's delivery or wherever you're going, or say Morrison's or... Uh, it was Morrison's and Iceland. Morrison's, oh yeah, Morrison's yeah. Iceland. And so he would say like, oh, I'm waiting for an order. And then your order would arrive as we were talking. And then invariably there'd be something wrong with the order. Like what's happening over there? Like why can't they get your orders right? What's happening? Just to say to this day, and we've been in lockdown for almost three months, they still get my orders incorrect. I'm still waiting. I'm actually waiting for a refund from last week's shopping. <laughs> so what is it they got wrong they just didn't give you half your stuff or something um so hmm they either don't give me what i've ordered or they give you something that is basically a substitute but it's not listed as a substitute mm, okay so let's use an example i ordered bagels last week oh which brand warburton's oh okay okay a little, little normal okay yeah warburton's because there's no uh, new york bakery ones for some reason. Oh, yeah. imports 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 Import. <laughs> <laughs> and um i asked for the um cinnamon and raisin one cinnamon raisin five pack what do i get i get bagels that are thin bagels cinnamon and raisin which uh which are less than what i paid for so not only did i get cheated on price but i got a substitute that 
wasn't listed as a substitute. So they gave you the thin ones rather than they gave the thick me the thin ones. exactly, and they and, cost less. And they cost less, so you're taking my money. How much less does it cost? Oh, it was about forty p, but still forty p, still forty p. You know exactly in this in in this time, you you have to save everything. <laughs> exactly everything. So that happens. What else? I ordered ice cream. Ice cream came defrosted. And they gave me some random ice cream as well. And I was like, what is this? Pizza. Which, which ice cream did you order? Um, I ordered the crunchy. It was like Cadbury's Crunchy. Oh, okay. And it came all defrosted. And I was like... So, so it came to you as a milkshake? Basically. Okay. Well, that's good. Basically. It did not feel <laughs> very nice in its packet. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've just had so many issues with online sho- um, with o- um, online grocery shopping, and the problem is as well because of social distancing, head offices are closed, customer service lines are closed. Mm-hmm. So the the only way for you to contact these companies are via Twitter, and when they're <laughs> messing up everybody's order, and they're messing up your order, you're just in the queue just behind everybody else that's complaining. Yeah. I feel like you, you though, you kind of attract a lot of, I don't know about attract, but it seems like you have a lot of bad <laughs> experiences with these sort of like delivery places. I've like, never had experiences like this before. Because it's my local Iceland. I'm not going to bait up who they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's my, local, it's my local Iceland and they are notoriously bad for online shopping orders. Wait, is, is Morrison's any better? You know what, Morrison's, Morrison's are actually okay. I've not had any issues with Morrison's. Okay. It's just Iceland. No, oh, okay. Well, I mean, maybe other people have had bad experiences with Morrison's, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I think but it's also like you've had experiences with um, food delivery as well in terms of, like, delivery and stuff like that. Do you want to <laughs> tell, tell people the famous KFC story? I think it was KFC. <laughs> When, when you were at my house and you tried to order KFC. Oh, I'm trying to think what happened there. It was like you, you ordered it and then it took like two hours. Yes, it took two hours and they, they brought the wrong stuff. They brought someone else's stuff. Yeah, they brought somebody else's stuff, which worked in our favour because it was a lot more than we ordered. Although, yeah, it's bad. But... You still brought the wrong stuff. And you, they didn't charge you any extra for it? No, they didn't. They didn't. But um, I hope that the person that didn't get their food, you know, <laughs> complains and said, where's my stuff and got my money back? Well, then they would have got yours. And then they would have got, like, half the stuff that they actually ordered. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, KFC are notoriously bad. Um... One other place that's very notorious, notoriously bad, which, funny enough, I will be ordering from a bit later on, because my mum wants food from there. Um, Nando's. Nando's. <laughs> Nando's via delivery. Oh my gosh! Very notoriously bad. Um, ordered two weeks ago, and food was missing. Like all of it, or like how much of it was missing? About a quarter. Oh, wow, okay. Quarter food missing. And with delivery, the problem is that 
once you contact to collect um, to complain, um, they can't redeliver. They can't really redeliver the food to you. They can only refund you. So, like, we are family of four. So now that a quarter of food is missing, it's inconvenienced us. And even giving us our money back really doesn't save the situation. But they said that there wasn't anything they can do. Fine. Um, and also with them as well, they keep changing the deliveries, uh, delivery radius as well. Oh, okay. And I've noticed um, a lot of complaints about that, that because of demands, they can't keep up with orders. So they're having to shorten the radius to basically be able to cope with orders. Luckily for me, I have checked and they are delivering to my house today, but <laughs> for the whole of last week, they weren't delivering. I mean, Nando's is probably uh, amongst the top in terms of demand, I guess, via delivery or something like that, because it's Nando's, right? You know? Yeah, Nando's KFC. <laughs> did, you, did you hear about um, the, uh, the first few McDonald's that have reopened for drive-thru? <laughs> Sutton, yeah, Sutton. All you Sutton. people, all you people that went to Sutton to go queue for McDonald's, you people. You can I, make McMuffins at home. Like, I, I can, I give it to you lot, yeah, that you waited in the queue for hours, waiting for your McDonald's, and you know what? <laughs> and you know what's even the most funny thing as well that people didn't realise that McDonald's are doing a limited menu. So the stuff that you wanted to get is not there. And you've queued queued for hours to find out that the food you wanted isn't there. Wait, what are they not doing? Uh, They're not doing wraps and, you know, all those burgers that probably require more than one person. Ah, okay. Um, I mean, it's not not a big loss. I mean, people don't go to McDonald's to eat wraps. Oh, a lot of people, a lot of my friends there, they just have the rats because it's like, um, you know, simple, it's cheap. Mm, that's true. But with the whole social distancing in kitchens now, that they've had to reduce the amount of people that's in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of stuff isn't available on the menu. Especially with KFC, there's no mini fillet burgers. Mm. I mean, you can... You can imagine that at some point in the future we're going to get to a stage where it's just like robots doing all the cooking. And you can imagine that probably McDonald's is like going to be the first to implement that, I think. <laughs> no, I prefer human. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, their, their kind of uh, uh, kitchen most resembles like an assembly line. That is true. In a sense. Mm. Like theirs is very like, you know, it's not like a, the same as a, a restaurant in like a family-owned pizzeria or something. Yeah. It's a bit different. So I can see it happening in, like, McDonald's or something like that. I don't know if, if they've already started doing that in China. Probably have, yeah. Because I think I, I must have seen something many years ago where, you know, mm-hmm. it's, like, automated. Mm-hmm. Like, you will have people there just in case, you know, it does fail. But I think that there is certain functions that are actually automated now for McDonald's. Yeah, well, we should look into it for next week. Yeah, definitely. And we'll get back to you on that one. (laughs) We'll get back to you on that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and what else do we have? 
the last so, so the last thing that we had on the docket was something mm-hmm. that I added because mm-hmm. you know we want to like summarize this experience of like how technology is being used. So everyone's at home. They're all, well, I, mean, I guess one thing we didn't mention is that everyone's watching Netflix. But that's kind of a given. And there's not much we discuss other than Netflix and chill. Everyone's, everyone's watching Netflix. Everyone's doing their work over Zoom. Everyone's playing Animal Crossing. <laughs> um, they're all graduating in Minecraft. They're all ordering food online. And they're all using apps to continue dating, or at least mm-hmm. uh, basically trying to do the best that they can at the moment. Because, you know, it's not like you can meet people. Exactly. So the idea is that, you know, there's all these apps that are sort of existing at the moment. Like there's the, the, the mainstream ones, I guess, like the Tinder and stuff like that. And then there's like some of the others, like the Bumble and the Hinge and the OkCupids and the eHarmonies. And there's all this stuff. Plenty of fish. Plenty of fish. And there's all these stories that you see online about people meeting and it being like a weird thing of, you know, not being able to meet people necessarily in real life. But there's been a huge spike in people signing up to it because mm-hmm. it's not like you can go and meet people in real life. Um, it's not like you can go to speed dating events or it's not like you can go to the club and meet people there and be like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> so this is kind of the best that you've got right, right now. Exactly. And I figured that it's definitely kind of weird in the sense that you have people who are meeting and they don't really know where it's going to go because it's not like they can say, like, oh, let's meet up for dinner or something. Like everything has to be done like remotely and virtually. So maybe you all, you both get separate dinners and then you eat your dinners in front of each other, which is kind of weird. <laughs> you like, you get, you get drinks and then you like do like a cheers to the camera, do like a little clink sound. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Clink. (laughs) And but then it's like, well, you know, what do you what are you gonna do after that? Because we don't necessarily know when it's gonna end and Mm -hmm. at the moment all of the interaction is taking place via a screen. Yeah. So it's just kind of weird. And plus it means that the catfish are out to play now. (laughs) (laughs) Big catfish. (laughs) This is like prime catfish time. Oh, they're gonna so enjoy that. <laughs> is it is it something that you've uh, you've considered trying, Egerton? No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you think about the uh, the increase in sort of usage and demand for it? Um, well, as you said, that uh, it's it's really people's only option, really. If you want to carry on dating and if you want something to do whilst you're locked in your house. Mm-hmm. But in terms of its usage as well, um, let me give you uh, some statistics, stats yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> on Bumble. So um, with Bumble, app messages increased and also video chat. So with video chat, yeah, then that's okay because then you kind of eradicate the catfish. Mm-hmm. That one, if you're going to use video chat, um, with Bumble, um, the usage went up by 21% in Seattle, 23% in New York, and 26% in San Francisco. And this was all from the 12th of March. Mm-hmm. So it clearly shows that you know people are actually moving to uh, moving to those apps to basically carry on their love life. Pretty much. And I think that it's kind of um, 
in a sense, it's good that people are, are using the video chat stuff because I yeah. think up until that point, you don't really know if you're talking to the to a real person. So it's just or, or at least a per, or a bot or the person that they claim that they are. At least, mm-hmm. yeah. like they could, they can just like take other people's photos, and mm-hmm. sometimes they can do it in a very amateurish way. Like they can just take someone's Instagram, but then leave the handle in. That, or they'll take a picture and you just see the black border on the top oh, yeah. and the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> There's some really bad ones out there. Oh, dude, oh, the quality is bad, like real bad. Or they, or they try to be like really artsy and just like not show themselves like at all. True. You just, you just, you just see a blank face or the first letter of their name, supposedly. Or, or like it's like a plate of food. <laughs> it's like, so, like it just makes no sense it's, I mean if you sign up for like an app like that you kind of have to play the game as it were yeah. you know what you're kind of getting into mm-hmm. so then like don't be coy and just like don't put your picture or in like the summary you put you put something like oh I, I don't like describing myself maybe you should uh, you know talk to me and then find out a bit more about me it's like you know like people are on here to like you know be serious because this is like the one the one way that people have right now for being yeah. able to find people. So mm-hmm. just like you know, take part in it. If you're not going to take it seriously, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, there was something else that I um, saw, which um, was done by the University of um, Pennsylvania, called the Love Is Blind experiments. Wait, is this like the Netflix show Love Is Blind? It's um, I believe it is along the lines of that. I think they have taken it from that. Oh, okay, right. And um, the experiment was with students um, to basically meet and talk through emails. Emails? Yeah. What is meet. this? What is this? The, the, like 1998 or something? <laughs> 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 chatting through emails. <laughs> this was the time before we had the apps. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ed Powell. <laughs> oh, yeah. And send, um, the, ca- send the carrier pigeon. <laughs> yeah. <Coco! laughs> and with that, they had 2,200 submissions from 21 different schools. Wow. Okay. So it does look like it was a definite and definite successful um, experiment, but. Yeah, that's that's what you had to do before you had apps like that, like Tinder. You basically meet and talk through email. Yeah, and by the way, just for context, like in terms of research being done, like a lot of the research now that you know that I do because I work in sort of academic research. A lot of the research that we do now tends to be this sort of online stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people at home who aren't doing anything, and we can just sort of ask them to take part in some experiments that they can do in their own home on their own computer mm-hmm. because you know we can't invite people to a lab in order to do tests there um so that's like kind of how a lot of research is getting done as well aside from essential research like you know researching a vaccine or something like that yeah it's more like i guess more the other sort of social science research that we can do just by collecting data online mm-hmm. yeah yeah, I mean, just in terms of like the fact that, like, do you think that people will form, uh, I guess, like long-term 
like relationships like especially if they spend like the first two months not even having met this person mm. this is a tricky one isn't it it's a tricky one i think it really depends it really depends on the person really but even after i think that even after lockdown is even over and people start to go and date like you'd you would think that would you even hug on the first date or the second or the third with mm, that's true you know this even still happening with coronavirus still being there would you even meet yeah that's true it'll take like it might it might even be you meet someone and it could be i don't know six months or even longer than that before you actually meet them in real life exactly oh, up until that point they've just been on a screen and to be fair like for, for some people who have met online and say they might be in different places on the planet mm-hmm. like maybe you're in the one person's in the uk and other person's in the us or something like that mm-hmm. probably a lot of that time they haven't actually met in real life as well yeah so that's like i guess the sort of long distance stuff is probably what people have gone through even before lockdown but now it kind of feels like everyone's long distance yeah so in a, in a sense that those kinds of things can still work it can probably still work here mm-hmm because everyone's, except everyone's sort of in the same boat now. Yes. Although if you aren't in the same boat, um, you're probably doing something wrong. <laughs> go, back in, go back inside. Go back inside, lock your doors, go into isolation. <laughs> you shouldn't be out right now. <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you imagine the, uh, the swathe of of the uh, Netflix shows that are going to come about in the future about, uh, yeah, yeah. But, then, but then also like it'll be like a romantic comedy about two people who meet in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> give, it, give it about a year or so. Yeah, I, I, I think they've already like tried to get the rights through Netflix like oh, to wow. make stuff about this period of time. And we're, I think probably in about five years time, you're going to see so many of them. Gosh especially with music as well music and coronavirus the amount of music that i've heard that mentions coronavirus and i'm like (laughs) you people are very quick (laughs) yeah (laughs) and people starting podcasts as well wink wink (laughs) well hmm. but we started before that we started previously before that yeah history lesson we did start before this but it's only but we've rebooted it now yeah because because we've got some time on our hands. <laughs> it's a lot of time. <laughs> a lot of time. Too much time. <sighs> but yeah, who knows? Who knows what will happen over the next weeks, months, and even years? Yeah, I mean, we don't know how long we're we're in this for. But what we can promise you is that we'll be back to do another one. Yes. And another one. And that, another one. Is that is that a song? Isn't it? And another one. Chica and another one. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> On that note, I think we're done with our, our first episode. That's all that we, uh, we had to go through. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'd like to thank Egton for being here with me. No problem, no problem. We did it. We got through it. How do you think it went? It went really well. We went really well. Now this has to be edited. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, we just have to edit out all of the copious swear words that we used. 
<laughs> Wait, what? what was that? I don't even know. <laughs> that that would be the new sound effect that we insert every yeah. time someone actually does say it. Yeah. So. No, there won't, there won't be no do it and beeping out no more. <laughs> just be, just be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thank you all for listening. Uh, we hope to have you for for the next one. Uh, share, tell your pe- tell tell your peeps about it. Um, you know, because it's not like they've got anything else to do other than listening to. <laughs> so, <laughs> what are you gonna do? They're gonna tell you like, oh, I'm getting a haircut. I can't listen to this podcast you've shared with me. You ain't getting a haircut. Don't oh well, people have been getting haircuts under lockdown. Mm-hmm. Oh well, that, that we're saving that for the for the haircutting podcast. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it's a gap in the market. You never know. <laughs> Oh dear. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. We uh, will hope to have you for the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye.